your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. Uh, those other radio talk shows, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. We do ours free. So enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. We start things out by going straight to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Will in Hawaii on the amplifier line. Hello, Will. Hi. Hey, what's um, on your mind? Uh, well, um, I just want to say that the Japanese government has caused stress between my wife and myself. How so? Um, well, they have a, uh, a fingerprinting law now, which uh, re- which goes into effect in November, which basically any foreign visitor to the country after this November will need to get fingerprinted. Okay. And I um, refuse to do that. So this is probably going to be um, – well, oh, sorry, I guess I met, forgot to mention that my wife and I are going to be going on a trip to Japan in late May, so – Basically, this will be my first and only trip to Japan. Because at is, some point they're going at some at no, in November, did you say they're going to be requiring you to give your fingerprints, and you'd wish not to do that. Correct. Hmm. Yeah, it's not a big big deal to my wife. So now she, is uh, is she uh, of Japanese ancestry? No. Okay. No. Um, she has family though that lives there. Her two nieces and a nephew. So she said that she might be going in the future without me to to go visit them potentially. All right. Now, what's the reason for this? Is uh, Japan having a terrorism crackdown as well in the, the same way that the United States is? Yeah, well, I guess it's apparently in, in response to a, a U.S. law, which I didn't know about, um, where the U.S. you know the U.S. government is requiring foreign visitors, including from Japan, to be photographed and fingerprinted upon entry into the U.S. So huh. apparently Japan's law is in response to that. Wow, I didn't know that was actually going on here. I mean, I, I guess it makes sense in an insane sort of fascist uh, totalitarian way. Um, but I, you know, I had I had known that they were going to be requiring that U.S. citizens show a passport to get back into the country. So I guess it makes sense that they would have an even more draconian requirement upon people who are from other countries. Now, when you submit your yeah, finger, really sorry, when you for, submit your fingerprints to go to Japan, does that is that just to the Japanese government getting them, or would they share a copy with the United States government as well? Um, it, well, the article, well, the couple articles I read wasn't re- weren't really clear. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they supplied them to the FBI or or whatever. I mean, certainly that would be a concern. I mean, not that it'd be bad enough for just the Japanese government to have them. Have you never been fingerprinted? Um. Well, actually, I was one time a few years ago by U-Haul, U-Haul. Uh, when I rented a truck. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I rented. And what if they're turning that in? Huh. I I don't know. It's it's possible. I'm hoping. I mean, that was a while back. I'm hoping that they don't keep all their fingerprints on file. That was before 2001. Well, you so, know, the more they do of this, the less people are going to want to travel. The the more yeah, exactly. restrictive these travel uh, rules become, the more likely people are just going to say, nah, I guess I'll just go to the beach or, you know, something mm-hmm. else. I'll just stay wherever yeah. I am. Why bother exactly. going through all I mean, the hassle? I mean, here's a perfect example in me, and I'm sure there's plenty of people that are not visiting the United States now because of the draconian laws that are being passed here. I yeah. Mean, it, the, you know, the, the thing is, is they start with the tracking thing. Well, we're just keeping an eye on things, and that's and then the control gets put in. Oh, wait, fingerprint, you, you uh, sorry, mm. you can't go there. Sorry. 
Yeah. And, you know, at first it, it's all just, eh, just government keeping an eye on things, keeping you safe. And then, you know, then the controls, how are they going to keep you safe? Well, by stopping some people from traveling to some places. That's yeah. just how and it happens. Once they, have this, once they have this database of fingerprints, I mean, once they have them, they have them. They can do essentially anything they want with them. I and mean, they do. They sure can. Apply them to any kind of programs. Or, well, I mean, let's look at the social security. Let's, let's look at the social security number. I mean, originally it was just a number assigned to your social security case. Um, you know, this is the number by which we track you in our social security system. Now mm-hmm. it's everything. You are yeah. your social security it's, number. Yeah, it's your identity essentially now. And well, you, you know, you can't get a bank loan without giving it. It wasn't originally meant that way. Social security number was meant for social security. They lied to us. Thanks for yeah. the call, Will. We really appreciate it, and uh, good luck with your trip. Hopefully you don't have too much of a hassle. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That whole time I was trying to dig up a story that someone had sent me via email, and I for some reason can't find it, but it sounded pretty outrageous. It was right in the same line with this. Essentially, they are there is a proposal, and I think it has actually gone through. I'm not sure if it's national or if it's just one state. I'll do my best to uh, to dig up the details here in a moment, but CD dealers... CDs like compact discs, uh-huh. they uh, the used dealers uh-huh. are now going to be required to fingerprint people that want to come in and sell really compact discs. Because previously they always used to take down your address and look at your license to make sure that you weren't stealing the discs from other people. That's how it's always been since I ever sold a disc starting at I don't know age ten. But never... I don't even remember that happening to me when I've sold mine. Uh, but I, I can imagine that being the case. And now, can you imagine? them asking for your fingerprints, requiring your fingerprints in order for you to sell a CD, which you're going to get a buck for, yeah, exactly. $2 at most. You can take in a 16... I mean, the, the, selling a used CD does not get you a lot of cash. You've got to have stacks of used CDs right. to be able to walk out with anything significant. I, I sold some video games in the past, uh, you know, video games that I played and had fun with, and, and some of them, you know, went for a quarter I you know I felt dirty after having sold them and I shan't be selling any video games ever again. I'd rather give somebody a video game than sell it for a quarter. My so. friend went in the into a UCD place with a stack of about thirty CDs and they offered him I think five dollars for all of them and so he just went outside and gave them to the first person who walked by. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. Uh, you know, in fact, I think I did find it here if it uh, if it will come up. By the way, we've got to continue talking about the Ron Paul immigration proposal tonight uh, from Ars Technica. Ken Fisher reporting that the legislation is supposed to stop the sale of counterfeit and or stolen music CDs. Despite the fact that there have been no proof this is a, that this is a particularly pressing problem for record shops in general, yet John Mitchell, outside counsel for the National Association of Recording Merchandisers, told Billboard that this is part of some sort of a new trend among states to support secondhand goods legislation. But here's what I don't understand is, suppose... I mean, how is it that uh, is does a thief have to be so stupid um, that he would, uh, you know, I'm reporting my list of 30 CDs that are missing, and then he walks in with those 30 CDs. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's some evidence. But if somebody has my uh, um, my Madonna Lucky Star CD and uh, goes in, how do you like that? Um, goes in and uh, sells that okay. at the local boogie woogie or wherever they sell it. Um, I don't think that, you know, I report that one missing. I don't think that they're really going to be able to go after that person. Oh, hey, you've got the Lucky Star CD, and uh, this one would come up missing here. I think it might be the same one. I mean, what kind of trace is there on this? You know what this is going going to do, as uh, Ken Fisher points out, is it's going to drive people out of the UCD business. 
because they're not going to want to treat their customers like that. Why bother? Why should we bother with these used CDs? Yeah, the margins are decent, but why should we bother with it? New pawn shop laws are springing up all across the United States that'll make selling your used CDs at the local record store something akin to getting arrested. No, you won't spend any time in jail, but you'll certainly feel like a criminal once the local record shop makes copies of all of your identifying information and even collects your fingerprints, such as the state of affairs in Florida, Ah, ah. our former home. Which now has the dubious distinction of being so anal about the sale of used music CDs that record shops there are just starting to get out of the business of dealing with used content because they don't want to pay a $10,000 bond for the right to treat their customers like criminals. So there's an extra step now. It's not just that you have to uh, fingerprint all your customers. You've got to pay for a $10,000 bond in order to be able to even do that in the first place. Yeah, I don't know how that... uh, You can get a surety bond relatively cheaply, Mm -hmm. but... You know, when you're running a pawn shop, it's not like people are just coming through your door all day long. I mean, you're not making a buttload of money at a at a pawn shop. Um, it's sort of it's sort of a business that people you know they want privacy and that kind of thing, right? right. Um, you know, they usually do it uh, in conjunction with those uh, usury loans that are out there. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it just it, I I think it's going to run people out of business. In Florida, Utah, and soon in Rhode Island and Wisconsin, selling your used CDs to the local record joint will be more scrutinized than getting a driver's license in those states. More on the way, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. Uh, Still to come, the discussion, the further discussion of Ron Paul's position on immigration, which I am pretty darn disappointed with. Get into that, your calls as well, about whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free, live streams included, a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Both are completely free, freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th, Through the 24th at Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars as well as socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And in case we haven't mentioned it enough, and I don't think we really have yet, um, we're going to. I don't think we really pointed that out. Oh, yeah, we're going to be there. Um, I'm not going for the whole week, and I don't think you are either, Mark, but uh, we're going up for Saturday which is the big day. Saturday is the day with all of the speeches and I want to go for Friday too. Panels, do you? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. I'm going up Friday. See, I, are you going to come back for no, no. a Friday night show? No, I what I'm saying is is I want us to go on Friday. Oh, that's nice cuz I'd already uh, given up the hotel room for Friday night. Oh, well, we you know, I I've, I've made it clear that that's what I want to do, but what mm, are you going to do? We'll have to talk about that. All right. So, yeah, we were talking about this CD law that Florida has passed, that Utah apparently already has on the books. Rhode Island and Wisconsin are looking at passing this law. Could be coming to a state near you. So sell your used CDs now. Because soon, if this legislation gets passed in your state, then you'll be fingerprinted when you go to sell your used CD collection. Now, of course, the excuse is that, well, there's some thieves that steal CDs because... They're worth something? Not really. I mean, if you're going to steal something, steal some jewelry or some cash. I mean, CDs are just, you can get pennies on the dollar for those things. Right. I mean, you know, it's like picking up a pile of quarters, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I I had my car broken into, and they left the CDs there. I believe it. 
really big quarters too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's the the rest of the information on this law. It gets worse. I mean, it's bad enough to say that okay, businesses are going businesses that bother to stay in the business of selling used CDs after this law passes because a lot of them are just going to throw up their hands, and you'll see why here in a moment. I mean, it's bad enough they're going to have to fingerprint their customers, but they also have to buy a $10,000 bond in order to continue continue to sell used CDs. But the legislation also apparently will be, let's see, that uh, you'll be more scrutinized if you sell CDs for retailers, though. There's now a waiting period statute that prohibits them from selling used CDs they've acquired until 30 days have passed. So that would mean that if you brought in a box full of your CDs, as I did when I sold my um, CD collection, you bring in a box full of your CDs, they've got to take that box and put it somewhere, stack all those discs in the stock room, and wait, sit on those discs for 30 days before they can actually put them out on the shelves and sell them. Hmm. A lot of uh, used CD stores don't have much room in the stock room. No, they don't. And, well, I guess with the less people selling their CDs because they wanna, don't want to get fingerprinted, it might work out all right for them, but... <laughs> Still, though, I mean, this is this is draconian. Uh, also, Florida law disallows stores from providing anything but store credit for used CDs. So y- you can't even get cash. <laughs> this, this, this law just gets worse and worse. They, they are effectively killing the used CD business. Right. You know, and somebody out there has built a business model around selling used CDs. Absolutely. Somebody, uh, you know, not just somebody. There are people out there. People in Florida, I know for for a fact that uh, there's there's a music store that I've gone to that sells um, used CDs. I don't know that they I know they sell new ones too. But it's called Boogie Woogie, yep. and there's several of them there, which I always thought was a great name for a, a music store. And used CDs were a huge part of their business. Yeah, they they huge. really were, and they're gonna kill that portion of their business. Who are those legislators to say that that person's business is less important than the quote unquote protecting of uh, people's CDs? And I don't see how this is gonna protect anybody's CDs, but um, you know that that's it. I wonder who's behind this because it seems to me that there's, uh, if I had to guess, be cynical, it would seem to me that the new CD retailers are behind this. Because it's a tough business selling CDs these days. You've got the Internet out there competing. Digital downloads are competing with you. Uh, you know, iPods, uh, MP3 players are competing with you. It's the, it's the truth that CD sales have dropped off. Uh, they're not what they used to be. Uh, CD companies have had to drop their prices as a result of their wholesale prices have had to go down as a result of the competition from uh, from the digital domain. And so it's getting more competitive. It's getting more difficult. And that's one of the reasons why the UCD segment, it's, at least from my understanding of this particular market, is so important to these vendors like Boogie Woogie and like the other stores that do that business. Mm-hmm. Because when you're buying in a used CD at two dollars, that's what you get paid on a you know a, a used CD that still has some level of saleability at a nine or seven or nine dollar price point or something like that. You pay two, they'll pay two dollars for that, and even less for some other ones. Okay, well you get a nice little decent little profit in there, and people know that they can go and buy new CDs from virtually anywhere. They know they can go and uh, and go online to amazon.freetalklive.com and buy whatever new CD that they want to at a, at a decent price, a competitive price, and not have to go to the local CD store. But the fact is it's just not as economically viable to buy a used CD online because you still have to pay shipping and, and all those other costs. So it, it just makes more sense, and it's easier to go down to a local store 
browse through their selection, grab a used CD, and, and take it up to the register. A lot and of the time, you can that. also listen to the CD right in the store, That's too, true. because it doesn't have the wrapping on it. So I know a lot of people who like to buy used CDs simply because they want to listen to it first. Yep. All yep. this is going to go away. And um, really, that just hurts the business model of selling used CDs, because honestly, if, if people want to sell used CDs, they will. They'll have garage sales, and they'll do it. Um, I mean... A, a, eBay, a potential right. eBay, a potential thief could very easily say, um, you know, put up a little sign in his yard that says CD sale, and go out there and probably make more money for the CDs on the CDs than he would otherwise. But he'll certainly get the quarter that he would have. If, yeah. A, a quarter's being optimistic, but he'll get the quarter that he was going to get by selling them to the pawn shop or the uh, used CD place. So why this trend and why now? Well, it's difficult to say, but to be sure, there's no love lost between retailers who sell used CDs and the music industry. You see, the Federal Trade Commission has scrutinized the music industry for putting unfair pressures on retailers who sell used CDs, following a long battle between the music industry and the retailers of the mid-1990s. The music industry dislikes used CD sales because they don't get a cut of the subsequent sales after the first. Now, after the specter, or now via the specter of piracy, new legislation is cropping up that will make it even less desirable to sell secondhand goods. Can laws targeting used DVDs be far behind? Next books. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts on this? Let's go to the phones, and you can bring up what you want. Paul in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Paul. Hey, guys. What's on your mind, sir? Um, I have two suggestions and a question for for all three of you guys. Yes. Um, over the last few shows, uh, we've we've been hearing about um, people protesting, going to jail, and so forth. So I would suggest my first suggestion is is that if if you're punished to um, in in the process of ex- exercising one of your rights, then mm-hmm. you don't have that right. It sounds I don't, reasonable I don't to care. me. Yeah, and I don't care if, if the if the so-called quote unquote constitution is there to protect it. If, if you're punished for it, you're, you don't have it. It seems clear that rights are definitely not inalienable. <laughs> that seems clear to me. I wish it weren't okay. that way. You've got a second suggestion and a question, so hang on if you would, please, Paul. 800-259-9231 for your points, your questions, your topics, whatever you want to talk about goes. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Still to come, the Ron Paul breakdown. No, he hasn't broken down. We're going to break down his immigration policies. Anyway, we'll come back with that and your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. We clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com. Mother's Day is this Sunday, just in case you've forgotten. If you haven't gotten something for Mom, go to 1-800-Flowers.com and get her something nice. They have flowers and gifts she'll love, and they'll deliver on Mother's Day. Use code FTL. Get out of here. On Sunday? Yeah, they do. That's awesome. They um, Use code FTL and save 10%, you said? That's right, 10%. Okay. Uh, that's 1-800-Flowers.com. And um, the other thing that I, I wanted to say, one other thing about it, um, but... Hmm. 
Oh yeah, they twenty four. They uh, less than twenty four hours. So if you order like Saturday night, they'll still get it to her on no Sunday. No way. Yeah, you can really you can screw around on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> But uh, don't you, you really should, love it too? Do, yeah, they always it. have some special stuff for uh, for every holiday mm-hmm. too. So, and, and I'm surprised at the the costs of them. I mean, you know, what you can you can spend a lot more on flowers or uh, jewelry. Forget that stuff. Get mm-hmm. get her some flowers from 800flowers.com. Yep, 1-800flowers.com. All right, let's go back to Paul in Maryland, or actually, uh, Paul in Maryland. You're back on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey guys. Hey there. So you had uh, another point and then a question. Go for it. Yeah, the other suggestion that I have, and, and um, over the years I've been doing some extensive research on it, the suggestion is is that the Constitution is a charter slash bylaws of the corporate entity that we the people created. Now, we, we're it's my understanding that from Sounds the correct. research at the, li- at the Library of Congress, we're shareholders to this, this government that we created. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, what they've really? done, yeah. Where's my uh, well, share? Well... And we're, how do I get rid of it? That's the, that's the story that we're told. Right, because yeah, I just want to make a story. point. I mean, I, I didn't actually, we the people did not include me. It included some rich white guys back in the, you know, the, the late 17th or the late 18th century. But, but the, the preamble does say, um, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union. You know, right, we the people who signed this document. <laughs> <not me. laughs> I don't think that that's the intent. I'm sorry, I interrupted your point, Paul. Go ahead. Well, my point is is that I talk to people, thousands, well, at least hundreds, at least hundreds of people um, a month, and and everybody seems to believe that the con- if it doesn't, if it does, if the Constitution does not specifically prohibit the government from doing something, then they can do it. And I said, look, you got to understand one thing: <laughs> if you and I were to go into business together as a real estate business, we would we would form a charter and bylaws, and those bylaws say that we're a real estate company. Nowhere in there does it say that we are a transformer retailer. So if you go outside our agreement, you're you're in violation of our agreement. We can't list everything that we can't do. It would be endless. Right, and the Tenth Amendment makes it pretty darn clear, in case they were a little confused, that anything not specifically outlined in the Constitution is none of the Fed's business. If it's not enumerated here in this Constitution, it you know it, it 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 goes back to the states or the people respectively. But I guess it just goes to show how completely um, backwards the system has. Has really become, and the fact that Americans, as you point out, are, are buying into this scam. Well, the, the most upsetting thing is, is that after all, ever because I've been talking to you, I mean, listening to your to your radio station now, and I tried to amp today, but I had a problem with doing it. But I'll get that resolved. And, and for the last year, and so I've been I've been walking up to police officers, and I've been asking them specific things, like about what happened to that 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 eighty year old lady that was out there and got shot and killed, and, and so forth. And they're like, well, you know, they, they all typically have the same answer is that, you know, she wouldn't have died if she didn't shoot at police. And I'm just like, look, <laughs> we, we either have a, a nation of laws or we do not. Do you understand what I'm saying? And right. they're like, yes. And I said, okay, then you must abide by the supreme of those laws. And that's the United States Constitution. I, I said, do I need to t- talk to you like a six-year-old with a gun? <laughs> Well, if you want to see where those people are coming from, yesterday I picked up a high school civics book, and it talks about what the Constitution is and how it's interpreted, and it goes, it spells out why we treat the Fourth Amendment like we do, and it goes through it all and explains it for the little kids, why we can't 
respect the Fourth Amendment like we used to and stuff. We need safety. Exactly. And so these people who are being churned out of these government schools don't understand the Constitution in the same way that you or I might understand it. They understand it in the way that their high school civics book taught them. Yeah, there's no independent study. They're right. just uh, it's just shoved down their throat, and they they believe it. Well, I don't I don't know if you guys recall me calling in and talking to uh, uh, there was you had a lady by the name of April, and I called in, and I was the gentleman that didn't learn how to read until after high school. Oh yes. Oh, yes. And you know, so and when I started to to read, I I only read things that benefited me. You know, like the rules of the game, the laws, mm-hmm. and that's how I that's how I learned to read. And the Constitution played a part of that. A, a big part of it, but the, the biggest issue about this is, is the police officers. But this is the question that, that I have for for all three of you. All right, because this has really been bothering me, and I agree with you one hundred percent. However, what I'm about to tell you is because I don't trust our government. Me neither. I believe this is this has to do with immigration. I believe that this, this country was founded, and it's it still should be. You know, everybody should be able to have have the ability to come here to find a new life for themselves absolutely okay however because of the government because i mean tell me if i'm wrong when we were when we were quote and unquote supposedly attacked on 9-11 how come the borders weren't shut down well, how it, could it, they it, shut down the borders well how come they didn't restrict it at least do something to, to show well, the american I mean, it's people absurd that's it's absurd to suggest that they would do something like that there's I mean, a Pretty big I mean, borders. It, you can't just shut them down. They're already restricted. You've got to show, uh, you know, you've got to talk to the bu- the border bureaucrats in order to cross uh, from one side to the other. And well, what, he, what he's trying to point out is that um, that would have been their responsibility if we're in fact being attacked by, um, you know, people coming from other countries. That that would be their responsibility to do, and they failed in that responsibility. Yeah, yeah and that, that, that's not the real point of this. The, 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 the real point of what's been bothering me is this. You know, these people are coming over here. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But what I have a problem with is with the what I believe is an agenda from our government. First of all, we all agree, and tell me if you if you disagree, that the the the, the public school system is dumbing down everybody, specifically when it comes to the Constitution. Sure. So now now they've dumbed they're dumbed down the majority or the masses of the of the American people. Most of the people I talk to don't even know what their rights are. Correct. Let alone to, to try to enforce them. Now they bring now now more people are coming over here, which isn't a problem. I don't care that they're coming over here. Right. What I'm what, I, what I'm afraid of is that now the government's going to use this quote unquote democracy, which we do not live in, but everybody believes it, mm-hmm. or the mass majority believes it. Now we're going to have more more people believing. That we live in a democracy, is this and your, more is, people that don't know their rights. I see where you're coming from, and theor- in theory, you're correct. Yes, as people come over here and uh, plug into the government system, they'll become similarly brainwashed. Uh, so, yeah, you're right about that. Is that an excuse to crack down on the border? Is it an excuse no, to? No, no, uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, what I what I'm saying is that we need to crack down and start educating. When you, like when like you, what you guys are what you guys are doing. So, when you say you know, we so, need to crack down, what do you mean? We, the American people. No, we the liberty, uh, liberty-minded. That's American what we're doing. People. Yeah, that's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's the question then? The question is, is you know, how can I? I just really don't trust our government, Ian. Well, you and, shouldn't. And, Please don't ever trust them. Don't trust well, them when libertarians are in charge. If that ever happens. Oh, true. Everything should be questioned. But I, maybe I'm just looking for some because I really, I really admire all three of you guys. And anybody that comes on your show, and mm-hmm. it, it just 
maybe I'm looking for an answer to help relax well, my nerves. You know, there's the only, no easy the, answer. The only here. answers that we have, um, you know, the only answers that Free Talk Live has ever been able to come up with um, at this point is downsizedc.com. Um, you know, you know, it's it's helpful. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole, whole, whole bunch of progress from them, but they're doing a better job He's, than anybody I mean, it's else. It's a brand new organization. It is. Uh, I'm just saying I haven't seen a whole bunch of progress. And the Free State Project. Those are the, those are our two answers to you know pretty much everything. We believe you should move to New Hampshire. Um, once we can create a uh, liberty-oriented government here. Then other people will see how well it works. Right, and it's got to be done in one place first, and that's the point thank behind the Free State Project. And thank you, Paul. And it is not an easy answer. This is not a, a uh, an easy solution. This is going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of education, uh, and us at helping others understand the nature of government and and why it is not the answer to their problems. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done. So let's get started. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. We give them away. Enjoy them on us. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff, as I mentioned earlier in the hour, at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link... Free Talk Live gets a percentage of anything that you purchase. So there are 40 categories for for you to shop in. And they even do sell used stuff at Amazon. Believe it or not, they give us a percentage on their used sales as well, which is really great. So whether it's used or new or one of their uh, just services uh, that they provide, like their Amazon Unbox, where you get music, or you get music or excuse me, movie downloads straight to your computer, we get a um, cut on virtually everything. So Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, great way to get the stuff you need delivered to your door and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. Let's continue with the calls and talk to Rob in Georgia on the amplifier line. Hello, Rob. Hey. Yes, yeah, this, uh, this, this used CD band is really going to cause major stuff. Um, one, of the, one of the things it's going to do, obviously, it's going to drive away a lot of business, I think, from, from local record shops in general. Sure. A lot of record shops do sell used CDs. Mm-hmm. It's going to drive a lot more of that business online. Yep, it's gonna. I think it's going to end up making uh, online making just Ill- illegal downloading much more popular because you know necessity is the mother of invention. It is, and this will make it all the more easy, all the more difficult rather to get music at a, at an affordable price. So people are going to start to develop easier tools so that you can get it for free. Sure, they will. So in the long term, it's definitely going to end up hurting the the record industry. But this is actually a, an extremely insidious. Sort of law because one of the things that I believe why bureaucrats go for this kind of thing and why they went for this bill is that this gets more and more Americans into the habit that you provide biometric information and identification to conduct transactions. Yeah, that's true, and there's not a lot of that out there right now. I mean, sure, there's the there's the grocery store bonus card things, but you can, World. you can put whatever um, name and information you want on those, right. so that's not really a privacy invasion. Uh, Disney World has been requiring, as Toby mentioned, uh, fingerprints. But you can but get around it. There is an alternative. You can just say no to it, and then they'll let you in just by showing your driver's license. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's a bit of conditioning, isn't it, Rob? Absolutely, and this is the sort of thing that the corporate state, the fascist state, as some people would like to say, really thrives on, because you start these sort of laws, 
incrementally and you build on to it. And I think that it's much easier to justify in the case of intellectual property because intellectual property, unlike real property, requires big government to, government to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other way to make it work. Mm-hmm. So uh, at least not if you're going to call it intellectual property. Otherwise, it's just contract law and honor system. But if you're going to actually treat it as property, it requires big government to work. So they're going to be able to get this sort of stuff going to try to protect copyrights and patents. And all this is going to end up doing is make it much easier. They might lose on real ID in the very near future, but as people become more and more accustomed to, well, the private sector is already doing this, not remembering, of course, that the private sector is doing it because the government forced them to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, they'll just come to say, well, you know, why shouldn't the government be able to do this? I heard a lady at my job just today talking about how they were collecting data, and she said, well, um, she said, well, Google already has it. I, I trust the government a lot more than Google, and I almost felt like going over there and slapping her. I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, you trust the government more than Google? I was like, what? It was just, I mean, it blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, wow, that Man. is incredible. This goes back to what Paul was talking about a few moments ago with the the American people just being completely mind-warped and brainwashed into thinking that the government is this beneficial organization out there trying to protect them, when in fact it's the organization that's in, interfering in their privacy. It's the one that's taking, uh, taking away freedoms bit by bit. They're attacking used CDs now, as the Ars Technica ar- article said. Why don't they go after used DVDs next? There's no reason why they shouldn't. If they can get away oh, with that, this, that, that'll be oh, absolutely. It'll be the next step. They'll start going after, um, uh, you know how they, how uh, I believe Wayne was talking about how they're shutting down some of the homeopathic remedies because mm-hmm. that interferes with with certain some of the drug companies. They're going to have more and more methods for for clamping down ostensibly to protect the American people or to protect intellectual property to protect someone because that's always the sort of language they have to generate. They have to. I don't see this being. I don't see it being very unlikely that they would go and uh, try to regulate all pawn shops in this way. Where you want to go and pawn something, you're going to have to give the pawn shop your fingerprints too, because everyone knows that you know criminals uh, that rob a house or a car or something usually take their wares to uh, to a, the local pawn shop. So let's make it so everyone has to give their finger, uh, fingerprints there. Heck, why don't we just make it so people have to give up their fingerprints in order to get virtually any services from the government these days? That'd be an easy way to implement it, right? I mean, everyone has to deal with the government. Let's make it so you've got to give up fingerprints to get a driver's license. Let's make it so you've got to give up fingerprints uh, to, or that your fingerprints will be on file so you can go and uh, pay your property taxes. Who knows? It could go. It, they could really just go crazy with it. They'll Absolutely. get you at some point, and, and they'll get you quickly because, um, you know, I, people use driver's licenses to fake identities. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, ways that uh, identity can be used as a crime, so we need to identify people, and we need to track them. And then, of course, the tracking goes to control. You yep. can't have a driver's license because you're on the terrorist watch list. Wait, I wasn't, but wait, but I'm not a terrorist. Stop, sorry. Fingerprints Absolutely. to buy a car. I mean, this is, this is just big, this is big government this is obviously big government going wild, but really, this is the gateway to the sort of fascism that would make George Orwell blush. Mm, you're right. This really is sort of the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Because... Absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, and it's like people never see this sort of thing coming, of course, because I don't think that even the record company people ever intend for it to ever get that bad. And I'm sure that in 50 years or 100 years, people will say, well, you know, who could have seen that coming? 
<laughs> well, some people can. Them. If you talk to you know the people from uh, the old Soviet, uh, the old Soviet Union and Germany, and you talk to people that have lived under tyranny before, then yeah, they they see it coming. It's just the uh, the Americans who still believe that it can't happen here that they're not going to see it coming. Absolutely, this is the sort of thing that you know every state you're in. You, I mean, this is the sort of thing you have to campaign against. I mean, this is far more serious. You know, people get all wound up about term limits and election reform and all of this all of this sort of third polishing that everybody likes to get involved in but this is like really important stuff maybe we should outlaw garage sales while we're at it rob thanks for the call man and you're absolutely right appreciate it 800-259-9231 because we don't want those criminals to go and sell their cds at a at a yard sale i mean if we make it so they can't sell them at a at a uh, used CD store, they're right. going to try and sell them somewhere else, and that'll be yard sales, so we're going to need permits. Because, by the way, Julia, where she comes from down in Florida, they already have garage sale permits, and they probably had them for a long time. It's one of those things where I don't even know what the excuse is, but I guess it's but they have it. you're conducting business without the government's permission, so you mm-hmm. need to come down here and give us $10. $10 for a garage sale permit. Now, I don't know if you've ever done a garage sale. But there's a lot of garage sales out there that don't make $10. You're right. Yep, you're selling things for they're 25 they're just getting a piece of, of your profit. A huge piece yep. in many cases. You know, uh, this is how it is now. Imagine what it would be like if the fair tax actually was ena- enacted. How much the government would be tr- cracking down on used goods and secondhand items. Because mm-hmm. they, wa- they don't want you selling used goods because then they don't get a piece of it. You're absolutely right about that. And so maybe they'll make it so when you have to get your uh, when you have to get your garage sale permit that you'll have to give up fingerprints then. And think about this: we had Russell Canning in over, over the weekend do an interview with us, which is archived on our website right now, freetalklive.com. But he pointed out that the fingerprinting technology has gotten much more efficient nowadays. Now they've just got this little area that you lay your hand over and. Bzz- they scan your fingerprints. You don't have to get messy anymore. You don't have to get ink all over your hands. So it'll be a, an easy way to sell fingerprinting to people. You'll be able to sell them with all of the safety features with none of the messiness. It'll be great. Just lay your hand on this little pad. And it's fun. Scans, you can watch it, it, too. Yeah. It's, it's like a video game to kids. Yep, so it'll be sold as being really technologically advanced and cool as a result of that, and it's not messy, and it'll keep you safe, America. Are you ready to give up your prints? We just had Public Safety Day this past Saturday in Keene, New Hampshire, where the police were out there giving free fingerprints to anyone who wants them. Yeah. Well, now if the police got to have that crap. <laughs> now to be fair to the police, in many cases they will give the the prints. They'll only give a copy of the prints to the parents. Sometimes they not will with do this that. new system, though. This new system puts it in the in their system. Oh boy, that's now, was bad. It, was it for kids? A situation where you know kids identification kind of yeah, thing. Whoever wanted them, but you know, you'll yeah, <laughs> scan your fingerprints. They take my fingerprints. It'll set their machine on fire. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll immediately go for Ooh. their guns. <laughs> Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So things are getting worse, and you know I like how Rob pointed out that most people are completely oblivious to it. They they don't realize what's going on when they hear these news stories. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel good that the government is cracking down on freedom because they feel like something's being done. This is going to help us be more safe. We should give up whatever the government wants us to give up in the name of safety and free... No, it's not in the name of freedom. You, you can't can't trade one for the other. You can have safety and freedom, but only if you have true freedom to where individuals can protect themselves and businesses can protect themselves and the government isn't involved. 
When the government claims to give you safety, all it does is end up stealing from you and hurting you. And, and I, when I say stealing from you, I mean it. Mark, you've got a story about a young boy that was stolen from by the TSA coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Now, I mentioned that we were going to continue the discussion that we started last night, and, of course, we'll recap for you, on Ron Paul. He's making a he's making a splash in the internet world. The news media is doing mm-hmm. their best to ignore him. They're trying, and uh, it's going to get more difficult, more and more difficult for them to ignore Ron Paul because his message is pretty infectious. It's something that Americans haven't heard in a long time and need to hear again. He's generally got a message of liberty and smaller government and principle, except when it comes to immigration. And that's why I want to talk about this because uh, it, it's very con- it's, it concerns me quite a bit. It's going to be the main focus of my line of questioning when uh, I finally get him on the show. And I want to make sure that I understand completely where he's coming from because mm-hmm. as reading at, as I'm reading his six point plan on his website, RonPaul2008.com, it's kind of scaring me uh, because you think that somebody who understands pr- the principle of non-initiation of force, as Ron Paul should, he was a libertarian presidential candidate in 1988. He's got some li- libertarian credentials that run longer than all three of ours combined. Um, so there's no doubt this guy is a liberty-minded person, which leads me to the question of why on earth would point number one in his six-point plan be to physically secure our borders and coastlines? He then says we must do whatever it takes to control entry into our country before we undertake complicated immigration reform proposals. So it sounds like he's saying we must uh, lock down the border before we get rid of welfare and before we do all these other things that he's going to propose here in a moment. And hello, Ron, you you can't do this. Um, It's going to be a huge boondoggle. The the wall is just a silly, bad idea, and it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the enforcement regime is just going to mean that you're going to have put uh, put more bureaucrats down on the border, which just means they're go- the uh, the criminals will have to buy off more bureaucrats. Right. That's all. You know, this um, won't change anything. I I think the way I see it is, if he does in fact get rid of welfare, and if he becomes president, he will be he will do a go a long way to doing that. Yeah. That will keep out the freeloaders. Right? Sure will. I mean, the, the, there's three kinds of, uh, that I can figure out, there's three kinds of people that come across the border. What's the third? I've, I, th- I can think there's of two. Freeloaders, and there's hardworking people that want to pursue freedom in a uh, you know, free country, quote-unquote free country. And the third are, um, I haven't seen too many of them in, in existence, but I'm sure they must be out there, bloodthirsty um, you know, terrorists that are, here, that are bent on destroying us because of um, the freedoms that we represent around the world. Um, you know they hate us. They they hate our uh, they 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 hate our religion. They hate our lifestyle. They hate everything about us. Um, that person could very well be sneaking across the border. Um, I say that the things that Ron Paul is proposing eliminates two of the three of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, number one is uh, the freeloaders eliminated by the uh, you know by get ridding of, getting rid of welfare and uh, making it so the hospitals don't have to uh, you know give free care to patients and all that other stuff. And ending the war in Iraq. Ending the war in Iraq, ending, you know, bringing all our troops back 
on, in, onto United States soil will handle the bloodthirsty terrorist issue. I swear it will. Maybe not that day, but it right. will handle it. And um, all the terrorists that we've dealt with so far here in the United States have not been illegal. That's true. And one thing's for sure, putting up a wall and increasing security in the border is not going to stop those bloodthirsty people from coming through should they be determined enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not. I mean, you can't stop drugs, therefore you can't stop immigrants. You cannot prohibit people, just like you can't prohibit products, and you can't prohibit services. Number two, he says, enforce visa rules. Immigration officials must track visa holders and deport anyone who overstays their visa or otherwise violates U.S. law. This is especially important when we recall that a number of 9-11 terrorists had expired visas. So here he is trying to sound like, and he'll do it again, he's trying to sound like a law and order guy, which, is, you know, that plays well to the Republican crowd. So I, I once again really wonder, does Ron Paul really feel this way, or is he pandering to the uh, the base, the he's, Republican base? He's got to know that it's not possible even to expel everyone who's overstayed their uh, visa or is illegal. And we're talking in the millions of people, which would require a police state to actually crack down. And he's right. got to know that that's not possible. And why did we give somebody a visa if we don't want them here? I mean, if this person is bad, why did we give them a visa? Mm-hmm. Why, why would we allow someone to visit or to work here for six months or whatever it, whatever kind of visa they manage to get? Well, he's not saying they were, they're bad. He's just saying enforce the rules. I understand. It's like those people that say that that say you should enforce the existing gun laws, like the NRA, this so, so-called gun freedom organization. Right. We should enforce the existing twenty thousand gun laws because that's freedom. What are you talking about? Those laws are asinine, and so are the immigration laws. The immigration laws that cost these immigrants thousands of dollars in many cases just to even come here to try to make a living for themselves just they, they cost them hours of their time filling out government paperwork hiring uh, immigration lawyers to uh, make sure that all the the i's are dotted and t's crossed and then after after four or five years of waiting they discover that the bureaucrats have oops lost their paperwork this is what we should be enforcing number three no amnesty. Estimates suggest that 10 to 20 million people are in our country illegally. That's a lot of people to reward for breaking our laws. Now, the definition of amnesty in this case is that they would be allowed to stay because they're they're here and mm-hmm. sort of grandfathered into the system, right? I mean, do you, what's the other what's the other option, Ron, to eject 10 to 20 million important people? In our economy, these people have jobs. These people are are some of are, them. are functioning. Well, most of them do. Some of them, it was, but some of them are the freeloaders that we were talking about. I would. I don't think, think it's more than ten percent. I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't know what the percentages of freeloaders are. I don't propose to know what the percentages of freeloaders are. I know that if you want to, if you want certain behavior, you incentivize that behavior. Okay, right. we have incentivized freeloaders to come to this country. If we, We've incentivized freeloaders in this country. Too. If, we, if we de-incentivize um, freeloaders, we will likely lose the uh, lose the freeloaders either to their home country they'll or start working. Canada, or they'll they'll become non-freeloaders and or, or, or start contributing. Right, one of those things will happen. But actually, ejecting these people from the country is an, is a task and impossibility. Yeah, and plus we've seen the few hundred that they have when they do these raids, and they leave the children behind without their parents. <laughs> it happens. Stuck in the hands of babysitters and daycare centers to do, to do who knows what yeah. with the Some the of them come from home from school finding their parents are gone, and what are they supposed to do? Uh, I guess we have to, uh, taxpayers are supposed to take care of them for their, forever. Great, well, just what we need. So number four, he says, no welfare for illegal aliens. And I don't understand why he doesn't take it to the next step. 
I mean, the no welfare uh, viewpoint would sell very well to the, to the Republican core. Right. Get rid of welfare for not only illegal aliens, but legal aliens and American citizens. Right. He won't. Ta- he doesn't take that step here. Maybe he does on another one of his issues, because this is the page about immigration. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he says, Americans have welcomed immigrants who seek opportunity, work hard, and play by the rules. But taxpayers should not pay for illegal immigrants who use hospitals, clinics, schools, roads, and social services. Okay, uh, I agree with that, but I also agree that welfare entirely should go away, and all charity sh- uh, charity should take its place voluntary charity number five end birthright citizenship as long as illegal immigrants know their children born here will be citizens the incentive to enter the u.s illegally will remain strong oh so so what about um my children well i guess if you're already a citizen oh he has a new rule for citizenship and people born here you know we've managed to make it um hundreds of years uh 200 plus years in this country by giving citizenship to people who were uh you know that were born on this soil i don't see why that's something that we would have to uh change i really don't see especially if welfare goes away who cares i really don't see much point in citizenship at all except for perhaps voting um purposes you know, I didn't have to show proof that I was a citizen uh, to. Well, I guess I showed my driver's license, so that probably was. Yeah. You know, I lo- know there's a lot of people who try to get dual t- citizenship um, for their kids and stuff just because they're afraid of the draft coming back and stuff. I know that my parents always want wish that I had a dual t- citizenship because they were afraid of the draft. My dad had to skip the draft and stuff. So, you know, I, know. I think that if the draft and this is a whole separate issue, but I think if the draft were to come back. Um, it'd be more difficult to get to Canada. I presume that's where they would have wanted right. you to have the the dual citizenship, and that's a process that's very difficult to uh, to attain. I think that you're going to see a, a huge backlash if they actually do bring back the draft. Uh, people were pretty pissed off about the draft in the 70s, and I don't think that anger is going to oh, go I, away. I completely agree. So I would just say no to the draft. Then there is point number six, where he says that they should pass true immigration reform. We'll find out what he means by that. Coming up here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Ron Paul's most disappointing and, albeit, I would say, a little bit frightening issue. His position on immigration. We'll uh, continue your calls about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the bulletin board system. Over 225,000 posts await you. Over 1,400 people interacting. All for free. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're doing a little bit of critique on the Ron Paul campaign. Generally, I'm in favor of the guy. I'm glad he's in the race. I mm-hmm. think he's doing a very valuable service to the the pro-freedom movement. But at the same time, that's negated a little bit by one particular entry on his website. It's the Border Security and Immigration Reform section at ronpaul2008.com. We're going over it step-by-step step here. He's got a six-point plan, which involves a lot of really anti-liberty ideas, like locking down the border. 
and enforcing existing law, which would mean, of course, continuing to raid businesses and doing many of the, the things that they're doing already. Um, and and it's weird, too, looking at this, because if you look at the rest of his website, right beneath the immigration reform issue is privacy and personal liberty. Or if you go in there and you look at that, he goes off on how important privacy is and that the real ID, this federal national ID plan, is a huge threat to your individual liberty and your privacy. And he, he attacks the Patriot Act, again, once again, for invading people's privacy and allowing the government to get larger and more intrusive. And I completely agree with all that. So how is it that he can, how is it that he can have such contradictory viewpoints? You're supposed to be a man of principle, Ron. And if you understand that the real ID is a, a big issue with privacy and that Patriot Act is an invasion of privacy, why don't you understand that all your immigration proposals are going to result in the exact same things? Well, I, I don't know that his immigration proposals are necessarily going to result in um, you know, further destruction of freedom that we already have. Um, I think that you could implement them in a fashion that would um, not further destroy the freedom that we have, uh, you know, around America. Right, because government is uh, so good at doing that sort of thing. I, 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 you know, the evidence is to the contrary. <laughs> the final step, number six, pass true immigration reform, he says. The current system is incoherent and unfair, but current reform proposals would allow up to 60 million more immigrants into our country, according to the Heritage Foundation. He says this is insanity. Why? Why is that insanity? Can anyone answer that? I, I the only way I can think of is uh, something like eighty percent of Americans feel that way, and he's trying to get broad support. That's got to be what this is. Eighty plus. <laughs> because I'm sorry, that it, Ron, you don't really think that there's an overpopulation problem, do you? Look at the the middle of America. There's nothing there. Ninety seven or ninety six percent of America is is completely uninhabited. Most people live in urban urban centrals, mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of room for growth. The fact is. 60 million, we can handle that. We can handle 600 million uh, if if necessary. And it's not all going to happen overnight. It's not like all those people are going to come here in one week's time. I think that, um, you know, if I was running for president, this would not be the issue that I would try to educate the American people on. I would either find an issue that they were... Immigration or overpopulation? Immigration. Okay. Um, you know, overpopulation to some extent is twisted up in there, uh, but you know, it's it's certainly not the the big uh, problem that immigration is. The big problem that immigration is is uh, you know protectionism on jobs, uh, a certain level of bigotry, uh, you know, all that other stuff mm -hmm. um, goes in there. And I, you know, I wouldn't I would not use this as my issue to stand firm. I propose that we do away with border security, and oh my God, I mean, they they'd stone you. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't even get any time. I mean, uh, you know, that would be it. Legal immigrants, he says, from all countries should face the same rules and waiting periods. Okay, I understand. That's kind of a blanket statement. Like, okay, if you're going to have rules, then they should be uniform across the board. You shouldn't get preference from coming from one country versus another. But what sort of rules and waiting periods would you like, Ron? I mean, he says he wants to pass true immigration reform. What's appropriate? And beyond that, why in a free country is it even okay for some arbitrary bureaucrat sitting in an office in Washington, D.C. to have say-so over whether or not I, as an immigrant, can actually come here to make a better life for myself? 
you know, um, who gives them the authority? I would concur with you on all this, but I can I can listen to his planks, um, you know, and clearly I am a I, I've taken uh, drank the you've got the, the pill, Ron, yeah, yeah I, I've drank the, the Ron Paul, uh, Paul Kool Aid. I can listen to his proposals and come up with things that are you know I I can hear that he would either not grow the government in this particular area or he you know true immigration reform sounds to me like he could very well do away with the INS entirely. Sounds to me like anything could be could anything. Be. It it absolutely there. means anything. But Ian, how are you ever ever going to get any press, um, become the president of the United States, do anything by having a pro uh, immigration platform? I, I agree with you. It's okay. political, probably political suicide to take the positions that Free Talk Live is, but. You know, the fact is, the guy's going to take some pretty pretty radical positions anyway I just, in I, advocating the abolishment of the IRS. And if someone right. asks him a question... People don't love the IRS, He doesn't though. mention the war on drugs on his website, but if he gets asked a question about it, I'm, guess, I'm betting he's going to take a libertarian position on that, too. That could damage his uh, constituency amongst the Republicans. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could damage it, but it wouldn't damage it to the extent... People, um, you know, to the extent that they are anti-immigrant. Right now, right. Americans largely do hate illegal immigrants, and they have a plan. Most Americans have a plan in their mind for stopping illegal immigrants, and that includes a wall. Yeah, I think that there's more. If you went up and asked your average American uh, for the, which they feel more passionate about, the war on drugs or getting rid of illegal immigrants, most people are going to be more anti-illegal immigrants than the war on drugs. I agree with you. I think most people agree that the war on drugs is a failure, but if you look at the polls out there, there is some a lot of anti-immigrant uh there, there totally there. is, but that's only because it's being fed from both sides. Yes. Nobody is taking the pro-immigrant position except for some immigrant groups, and, and of course they're just looked at as being the enemy. Um, no one, no Republicans and Democrats for the most part, I'm sure there are exceptions, but that no one is making waves on the radio or on television about, hey, wake up Americans, this isn't going to work. I mean, most Americans, as you say, would probably agree that the war on drugs has been an abject failure. Let's apply the principles we've learned from the war on drugs to this proposed war on immigration and show Americans Christmas clear that this is not a war that's going to be any more effective and it's it's a saleable position if someone would just have the courage to take it let's go to the phones and talk to seth in texas you're on free talk live hello seth uh yes i think you guys really need to realize that uh it's quite possible to round up all the illegals uh with the money that we're spending in iraq to defend what? the country why can't you go ahead and have the but ability to do that. I, 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 we are spending it. we are spending billions in Iraq, and I would agree with you yeah, on, on that. Be, but currently, what we're doing is it's poor fiscal <laughs> policy to to do what we're doing in Iraq. We're basically um, spending our, our grandchildren's future. Would you like to spend our grandchildren's future on rounding up illegals? Hey, but if you go ahead and really solve the problem with getting rid of the uh, school, like, for example... Hold on a second. Hold on, if you would. I want to bring you back so you can outline your plan, because I want to know what Seth's plan is for rounding up the illegals. Let's let's presume Seth could get all the money that's being spent on the military and spend it on rounding them up. Let's find out how that would work. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. 
And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. Shrine of Female Listeners is there. The dozens and dozens of ladies who have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to NeverGetBusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. NeverGetBusted.com. As we go back to Seth in Texas, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Now, Seth, you were going to get into, uh, you had said that if if only... Go ahead. Uh, I think what the real, what I'm trying to say is, is the resources that are currently being spent on illegals, anything that could be proposed could be paid for. If that was the case, and the other thing is, is the Constitution, as far as it being reinterpreted, he's not reinterpreting it. He's kind of stating what pretty much was how the viewpoint was, because Native Americans weren't considered citizens, and there was bills that were tried to pass to say that they were. So I don't understand how you can say somebody comes over illegal in this country just to be able to become a citizen. Well, black people weren't citizens either. That's why they passed the amendment uh, under 16th, the, what was it, 14th 13th, or 15th Amendment after the Civil passed, yeah. War. Uh, okay, so there. But if you look in eight, was it 1877, uh, there was a bill that was going to talk about the Native Americans that were going to be citizens. It was also a very racist bill, um, and I'm not really recurring to the fact that it was a racist bill, but it was the fact that the people's outlook on the Constitution at that point was obvious that just because you were in this country didn't mean you were a citizen. Okay, I'm not sure where Americans were coming. What's your point with all the citizen talk? Well, what I'm saying is, is you criticize the fact that the resources can't be uh, there to get all the illegals out. No, 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 no. See, we didn't get. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down. You you must you misunderstood. We had short period of time to talk, and I I guess like we completely miscommunicated to you. Um, There are plenty of resources out there that the government has. They've got billions of tax dollars, and you're suggesting that they take those billions out of the uh, the Iraq War. Uh, and put it into immigration short, short enforcement. No, 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 not just Iraq. Uh, the fact that their kids can be, go to school here, get all the medical benefits they can. What I'm saying is if you got rid of all that, you would save so much money. So it might be an initial cost, but it's going to pay for itself because then they're gone. You okay, don't have okay. that. Okay, all right, slow down a second. Here. Seth, I want to understand something. I just want to understand. I understand where you're coming from on shifting money around to your favorite government program. So let's just say you can. No, let's no, just say. All, no, I'm saying get rid of them. Right. I and, agree and with it's your you. Your favorite government program to get rid of them. I agree with I you. I don't like your program. Well, no, wait. I agree with getting rid of welfare. I agree with getting rid of that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. But you're saying, okay, get rid of that and then take the money that they were spending on welfare and enforce the no, immigration they, listen, laws. <laughs> What I'm saying is, is you get them all out, and then you cut the welfare. Wait, get who out? Other things get who out? out? Hold on. The illegals, instead of getting How them out. How are you going to get people wait, out? Wait, 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 wait. wait. I, I want to take this one step at a time. You're saying don't okay. cut welfare first. You're saying get them out first and then cut welfare? You know, listen, what I'm trying to say is, is I think you should cut all the programs. Does that make sense? I think you should cut them all out. Right, right? and I'm, we'll call I'm those programs that. welfare. Now, do you want to cut welfare okay. first, or do you want to get them out first? Hey man, do it at Which the same one time. Do you think would be better? Same time. Yeah, it's fine with me. If okay, you all right. So then, all right, done, so that's fine, Seth. Right. Now we're we understand just, we're just where we're walking going. you through this. And now let's let let me have you just outline your vision, since you believe this can be done. You you said well, in no uncertain this? terms. Every time a cop arrests, how about come uh, a cop every time he stops somebody because he's already stopping them anyway? Mm-hmm. Instead of just letting them go, and then when I get stopped. You know, I get the fifth degree or tenth degree on everything, and if they get uh, arrested or anything, they're let go. 
The government doesn't care. That's the problem. See, the federal government that, that's already supposed to be enforcing the laws isn't enforcing the laws because they're creating this immigration because they want that. So you're saying that every American needs George to – well, hold on. Let's, let's look at what you're suggesting here. You're saying that every single American needs to carry government-issued identification around with them in case they're stopped by the police, right? No. No. See, I don't think that either. I, I, that's, that's the problem. Well, how the hell are they going to know if you're an immigrant or not? Huh? How are the cops when they pull you over? Are go- how are they going to know whether or not you're an immigrant? If you want to do it for a driver's license, I don't have a problem with it. My bigger problem is when I get stopped, just walking on the side of the road because I have a sign protesting something. They want to sit there and kind of give me the riot act about that. I don't really like that. Well, well I- I've been pulled over before when I didn't have my driver's license on me, and I'm glad that I didn't get shipped out to Cuba or something because they thought I was an illegal immigrant. Right. That's what you're going to get more of, Seth, with your pro- with your program, is they're going to harass as many people as they possibly can, and they're no, going to... No, they won't, dude. They're already pulling them over anyway, man. Why are they pulling them over? Hey, that's... The- you assume that you yes, assume usually. that they know that these people are legal and illegal, like they have legal and illegal how written many, on their how forehead. How many police officers but, have you actually talked to, man, down here in Texas? Because I can tell you plenty of them that will sit there and tell you the same things I'm telling you. They let them go. They may very well and they do know that. They're illegal. They don't even speak English, man. They so don't have what? Does it mean anything? I, are you telling me that somebody can't oh, be in okay. this country you legally and not speak English? Huh? Are you telling me that somebody can't be in this country legally and not speak English? No, because there's quite a few people that don't understand the English language period, and they're fifth generation Americans. Do you want to kick I'm them out? What I'm trying to say is, is huh? Do you want to kick them out? No. Okay. What I'm trying to tell you is, is like everything. That's just it. You you try to pull up something I'm not even arguing about. Well, I'm what I'm saying is, is that you said that it was easy to find these people and kick them out, and I don't hear that yet. They're in schools, man. They're in public schools. I can I could name plenty how of them. Do, how does the public school schools. know if somebody's legal or illegal? I, how, I mean, you think I there's do, a big man. computer in the sky how that the bureaucrats can they're, reference? They're brown. How do I know? Because you come across people and you know. You see them on the side of the road down in they're Central Bryan. The brown Bryan, ones. They're the like illegal. So, day laborers, man. Dude, you've I, got nothing. You, you just, it's, you're imagining whether these people are illegal or not. You don't have any actual evidence. I've done day labor before. I Do you want to kick me out of the country? Me. You're not brown enough, I can Mark. ask them and they'll tell me. Well, uh, you know what? When you start kick them out, kicking them out, they'll start lying to you. Yeah, and they're going to start getting fake <laughs> okay. identification. You're you can't pr- so, you, so you're saying you don't have to have any identification to prove something? So if your mom dies or father dies... And they're just going to give it to anybody who claims to be you. No, you're going to have to have some sort of I think the executor of the will of my my mother's will will probably know who I am. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the well, idea that you're, you're saying... Still, here's the deal. No, no, no. Here's the deal. If it doesn't, though, you still have to have some ID. You can't say that you don't have to have some sort of identification. So you are going to require all Americans to carry government-issued identification. You should have it if it comes to that point. you got to go to court over it. Yeah, you should be able to prove something. Okay, I see. So you are essentially in favor of the police state, then? The national ID? No, I'm not. And that's not. How are you else are you going to be able to prove something when you go to court? Well, what I'm telling you is you, these are, IDs okay, are, fake, are, are easy to fake. I can go to a flea market and I can buy a fake ID. And you're also telling me that well, I need on, to have man. this ID. You guys are stretching. You're no, telling I'm me not. not. Go to a go flea to market. Okay, then how about I go to your bank and get all your money out of your bank because I don't have a, a driver's license that has your name. I mean, come on, man. Look, if I identify myself to my bank, that's my business. But identifying well, myself, but you I, forcing me, me to identify if, if myself to it, a bureaucrat to, in order to enforce your, your money, happy little rule stinks. Off. 
He didn't hear a word no, you said. I know he didn't. I'll go take. All right, let me go to my, your bank and take your money, and right. then uh, that's what I, are you I, do about I, I just I just addressed that. I said if I want to identify myself to my bank, that's fine and dandy. But if I have to identify myself to some officious bureaucrat, some cop with a gun on his hip, because of your rule to enforce your immigration policy, because I don't want that, then your rule stinks. Now I make a, a voluntary well. association with my bank. You're, you're, what you're, you're talking about is man. not voluntary. What, tell me this. How? What's going to happen when I go to your bank and take your money, and then the bank says, My well, God, you, you are it. dense, Seth. <laughs> you don't, under, you don't seem not, to understand the difference. Saying, a lot of people hey, don't speak the bank. English you language. Seth, Seth, Seth let's, let's clarify something for you. There are voluntary interactions, and then there are coercive interactions. When you're interacting with your bank, you voluntarily set up an agreement with those people to show them certain identification requirements and that sort of thing. When you're interacting with okay, bureaucrats, it's all arbitrary. All right, so... Who, all right, so so where do you get this identification? Then make all the the illegal the legal people get that identification that you're talking about. I'm going to get it from Whatever. a flea market. That's Thanks for like the call, Seth. <laughs> you are out of control. <laughs> this guy is so dense. I don't he think he listened to a he, word we no, said. No, he doesn't want to listen. He doesn't want to. He, he doesn't even have a plan. His plan is he knows them when he sees them. I can tell they're, they're illegal. Proud. Just drive down them day laborers. They're all illegal. And they'll tell you. you just ask them. Oh, give me a break. As soon as they start deporting more people, all of a sudden they're not going to be so forthcoming uh, with their legal status. And the idea of being able to eject 10 to 20 million people from this country is an exercise it's in futility. Than some states. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by, well, supporting us through the AMP program. It's an easy way to do it. It's completely voluntary. You go to amp.freetalklive.com. You sign up via PayPal or any major credit card or one of our alternative options, and, uh, Send us three bucks a month. That's all we're asking for, and it makes a big difference for us because we can advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live with that money. It's money that doesn't go to paychecks. It comes right in and goes right back out mm-hmm. into getting this show on more radio stations, which we're going to be announcing a new one here in a few moments, which is really cool, um, coming up in hour three. Uh, so getting more stations on board, getting more listeners on board via the Internet, and uh, spreading the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's important to you and you'd like to get your hands on some of the AMP-only perks, then head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about it. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Now then, uh, I sort of flippantly got rid of Seth in that last segment. He asked, well, you know, in the absence of government identification, how would you identify yourself? His, he was really concerned. We were talking about immigration, and, and I was suggesting that, well, Seth's position was that everyone must have a government-issued identification card for when the police pull people over and try to determine whether or not they're immigrants. This was his plan. He mm-hmm. has this sort of strange plan yeah, for... Because uh, he says it's easy to round up all, all the millions of e- so-called illegal right, immigrants. Right. According to him, you just go to the Home Depot and you pick up all the day laborers, uh, because that's I, you know, plan. I, I, I'm not saying that his plan's entirely flawed. I mean, if you were to pick... Every time an illegal alien got into an auto accident, got pulled over by a police officer or something like that, if they had uh, supposing... Now, remember, the FBI doesn't even have email. They don't have a working email system. Some do. Some don't. 
um, but you, you see, the government has some trouble yeah. with, um, you know, making their information work and making agencies talk to each other. But let's say that there was a big computer in the sky that allowed a local police officer to, you know, some kind of access to a, uh, a data bank mm-hmm. that they could run information. You know, this person, oh, this person's driver's license is invalid. This is a, a, a counterfeit license, um, which I think they could probably know that. And as a result, um, you know, you, we, we have somebody that needs to be investigated. They would take the, you know, arrest them, take them back to the, the station, try to figure out whether they were legal or illegal at that point. I, that's, you know, I've got to pay to feed this person um, while they're in jail. I've got to pay, pay to, you know, do all this investigation. I don't want to pay for this. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, He does. Yeah, right. I understand he does, and he wants to send the government... He'd gov- like to force you to pay for it. Right. That's what he wants to do, is he wants yeah. to force me to pay for it, and it's wrong. I just don't want that. Also, um, I wanted to point uh, clarify something, and that is that he asked, well, if there weren't government ID, then how would your bank be able to prove who you were? And the fact is... People in a free marketplace would demand identification. They would demand that you be who you say you are, mm-hmm. and so market identification providers would spring up. I mean, there would absolutely, in the absence of a government ID, which isn't going away anytime soon, but the absence of a government ID, of course there would be private identification. I it's, have a college ID that's somewhat private. Yeah, sort of. Well, so I'm, like, I, I'm sure that the um, banks would start using things like fingerprints or um, you know, something like that. Whatever they need to. But... Whatever the market will bear. Uh, the reason that I don't want to give my bank my fingerprint um, currently is because I know that the banks and the government are in bed. And the government having my fingerprint is not going to result in anything good for me. Yep. Not one thing. There's nothing that's going to benefit me by the government getting my fingerprint. The only thing they could do is say, ooh, you're, uh, you're bad. We, we, you've, you've done things. You've, you've got a felony conviction. We're going to get you. You know, for immigration, ref- uh, in- for immigration controllers like Seth in Texas to really honestly tell themselves that their lifestyle would not change at all were they to actually have this mass campaign of trying to arrest so-called illegals, uh, that their lifestyle wouldn't be interrupted, they wouldn't be harassed any extra by the police. It seems a little bit Fantastic to me. Well, there's going to have to be, um, you know, As road, in fantasy. road, road, yes, uh, roadside checks. I mean, you're, they're going to have to do uh, checkpoints, roving checkpoints to, to find people. Um, business like, raids. Yeah, they're going to have to be business raids. People that have businesses and um, Americans, you know, they like to be do bad things to people, uh, you know, that uh, have businesses. But if you make it more expensive for a business to do business, and remember, you do business with businesses every single day. Mm-hmm. The only way for a business to make money is if they pay for all. All the stuff they pay for, and then they make some profit on top of it. So what you're going to do is you're going to cost businesses a great deal of money in order to comply with whatever government rules are out mm-hmm. there, and it's not it's not easy. You need HR people to do this crap. So um, and and payroll is a huge issue as far as uh, you know costs of things. So there, once again, he's gonna he's gonna pay the price, and he's gonna make me pay the price. Oh, but Mark, just be, I mean, because it's Seth's program, it won't be a boondoggle because Seth right. and the his government friends won't will screw put it together. Up this program, like they right. screwed up the last one, just give enough money, and they'll just get the job done. And he's be right. Done in two months. He is right that the government does want illegals in this country. You know, it's. It's good for big business. It's good for um, businesses in general. It's good for the economy. Um, yes, they want them. And, and some of them pay taxes. If it's good, then why don't we want them? I do. Yes, I do, too. Let's I go to want the illegals in this country. We've got David well, on the I, line. I want them to be legal. In Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, David. Hey, how you guys doing? Great, hey, sir. Yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't realize that 
they're not just going to be checking brown-skinned, Spanish-speaking people. They're going to make everybody show ID. You know, it's going to be like, uh, you know, show your papers. Right, but well, the, the DSA doesn't just uh, doesn't just shake down uh, Muslim-looking people going through the airport, right. do I'm they? Not gonna, I don't want to live in America that's like Nazi Germany. I think uh, Ron Paul knows that 85% of the population think America holds the monopoly on freedom. I think it's like... Back when Jesus was alive, you could only get your sins forgiven through the Jewish church. And Jesus was like, no, it's for all nations. It's for all the people. And that's what our declaration says, I think. And people don't want to accept that because I think it comes down to if you have a generous heart or a greedy heart or a selfish heart. I want more free people because I see more freedom taken away. And if we have more free people, they can't, it's going to be hard to take freedom away. We come to a time in the evolution of man right now that borders is not where it's at. We know it brings contention. We know it brings war. We know it brings corruption and monopolies. More free people is the answer. That's what our father, forefathers told us. And, and when, when more people come here, we get more freedoms, not yep. less freedoms. Man, you've got it and, down. And man. I think they're like the segregationists, these people, man. Sure they they're, are. They want to segregate unfree people from me being the free American. No, America is for the world. It's for all nations. It's for all mankind because it is the way of life. People like, Seth, people like Seth would like to change the inscription on the base of the Statue of Liberty. They don't want the, uh, the unwashed masses. They don't want the tempest tossed. Uh, they don't want those people, them, coming here. It was okay people when it was their ancestors. People get the freedom, man. They, 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 they hold it. They cherish it. And, and if, if, if they look at the, the records, the most ethnic group in the Medal of Honor winners is Mexican-Americans, man. I really? want them on my side if anything goes down. That's what I say. Thank you, David. We appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Somebody that has uh, taken the time. I mean, it's one thing for us to sit here and say, hey, we moved from Florida to New Hampshire. Well, that's no big deal. It's 1,500 miles within the same borders, the same country. But for someone to have uh, given up their family and their friends in the place where they live, whether it's um, you know Poland or Mexico or Bolivia, wherever, uh, for someone to have given up their life in their home country and to have made the, tr- uh, the made the trip to America by boat or by uh, by plane or by walking, whatever it takes on a bicycle, if they've managed to get here. Who are you to tell them to go away? They've come here for a chance well, at living life in a free country, or at least what they perceive to be a more free country when, than where they came from. And damn it, they gave everything up to come here, and well, now you're going to just unceremoniously boot them out? The immigrant bigots' um, line to that is, well, these immigrants are different than my ancestors because they get here and they uh, live in, in, in clustered enclaves. They choose to continue to, to uh, you know, speak their own language, um, and they want to secede... Uh, a portion of the United States back to Mexico or create its own country. All just paranoid rambling. Right. Uh, well, the, the first part is, uh, you know, that, that one part about uh, seceding the nation, is gonna be, that is paralo- paranoid rambling. You're there not, may be a couple of guys no, that There may very that well way. be, but, but, I mean, you know, it's like saying that all black people are black panthers. Not right. fair. Um, secondly, 
Or that all no. whites are in the Klan. Look, have you ever heard of the term Little Italy, Little China, Little Poland? Um, little Poland was in uh, Chicago. Little Italy and Little... little Chinatown still Chinatown. exists? Chinatown. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I, I said it wrong. But, I mean, these are in the major cities. Why? Because people of certain ethnicities um, clustered in certain areas. And in many of those places, we went to Washington, D.C., yep. and we were in uh, Chinatown there in D.C. We watched two Chinese ladies yammer back and forth in Chinese. You know it what? was authentic. I didn't feel like my freedom was threatened. No, I felt authentic. I felt like, man, we we're eating some darn, I mean, darn good generals out. Jobs. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And and it's not only a paranoid, but they're just full of misinformation and just out and out lies. It's just not true that uh, people continue to speak their original language for generations. What is true is that after a couple of generations, they don't speak their original language anymore at all, for the most part. More on the way. Hour three's coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three. And you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. By the way, want to officially welcome our two new affiliates, um, which are both in Michigan, both in northern Michigan, the tip of the glove, so okay. to speak. And uh, actually, we had an affiliate in Petoskey. Up until recently, it was uh, 750 WWKK, and uh, Rick Stone, the owner of Stone Communications, traded that station for another station down in Traverse City, Michigan, which is a bigger, more heavy wattage station, 50,000 watts, in fact. Good uh, trade. Uh, down, in, uh, down in Traverse City. And so he's moved Free Talk Live from his, his old um, progressive so-called station to uh, to his traditional talker, which is WJML. Uh, it's 1110 in Petoskey, Michigan, and it's being simulcast on 1210 in Traverse City. And so you guys are listening to Free Talk Live, and you've been you've been actually listening to the show for a few weeks. It's just that now the deal's been officialized, and so I can so I can officially say hello to you. Um, so hello to all of our listeners in Northern Michigan. I uh, hope you're enjoying the program. And by now, if you've been listening to the show, you know that we're not progressive nor are we conservative. We don't fit into those labels. And Free Talk Live is is probably talk radio, unlike anything that you've ever heard. So uh, once again, the big thanks to uh, Stone Communications for for putting us on two. Transmitters, which makes, I think, Michigan, I think, tied for the state with the most Free Talk Live affiliates. Michigan and Florida tied, I, be- I believe now. Uh, doesn't New Hampshire have uh, three of them? No, New Hampshire's got two. Okay. Um, now, what? Uh, it, it was Traverse City, and then what was the other? Traverse City and Petoskey. Petoskey. I can't find that on the, that one on the map. I know that's up there near the top. Yep, oh, there, there it is. It's it's pretty close to Traverse City. So welcome aboard to uh, to our Northern Michigan listeners. Uh, you're going to get Free Talk Live six nights a week. You get the third hour of our show weeknights, and then on Saturday nights you get all three hours. And you are getting the show live, so there's no delay broadcasting going on there in Michigan, which is cool. So 800-259-9231. The way to take control of the airwaves as we go to the phones and to Zach in South Carolina on the amplifier line. Hey, Zach. Hey, I got some bad news and some good news. All right. And the bad news is that um, we recently had our real ID protest here, and um, the turnout really wasn't that good. And um, this is the way. Hold on a second. Where was the protest? Who's we? At the University of South Carolina. Okay. 
I had called in a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so on the day we were supposed to have it, only a couple people showed up. And I was almost uh, kind of embarrassed, but I decided to call in and just encourage people to not give up when they're doing these things because when I thought about it, it was actually more people that showed up than a previous protest that we had done during the year. That's good. And hopefully we'll just keep working on it and have more people in the future. You know, that's... Good attitude. It's sort of how I felt about uh, protests when um, Ian and I were living in Sarasota. Um, You know, Ian would go uh, to the post office uh, once a year and uh, hold up a sign that said, uh, Honk if you don't like taxes. Honk if you hate taxes. Honk if you hate taxes. And I'm, I am i don't like taxes. I'm with him. And lots of people would honk and, and that kind of thing. But he would just be one guy standing there by the uh, post office. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I just did thought, manage to get a couple people to come out for the evening shift. Um, so it wasn't me the entire at, time. Right. But at, at first, you were just it was just you. It was me for several hours. Right. right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and that wasn't just one time. I mean, you did that yearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, it seemed ineffectual to me and, and that kind of thing. It's definitely a downer. I mean, were you expecting, Zach, did you have more people tell you they were going to go and then not show up, or did you just not know what to expect? Yeah, we were expecting uh, a good bit more, but they didn't show up. Yeah. And they didn't bother to call to say why, to give an excuse or anything like that? No. But yeah, I do no, have good news. Yes, sir. There's a bill in the state legislature that would allow anyone with a concealed weapons permit to carry on school or college campuses. And um, in the House of Representatives, I believe it has about 15 co-sponsors that have signed on. So that's Mm. a pretty good bit, and hopefully it'll do well in there. Great. And, you know, good good job at organizing the event. I know you're the guy that's behind uh, putting those things together on your on your campus. And and I, I just want to encourage you to keep at it because it isn't I mean, when people do that, they just bail out on something that they say they're going to do. And they don't even bother to call or tell you it can be a major burn factor. I mean, major. You really get you can really easily get bummed out by that. You, you think to yourself, oh, this isn't worth it. Nobody cares. Three, two people showed up besides me, and they're my best friends. I mean, no one's, no one cares about this stuff. I'm giving up. I'm throwing in the towel. And uh, I know that it, that eventually, if it, if this sort of thing keeps happening, it's gonna, it's gonna wear on you. And I just want to encourage you to not give up. Keep doing this because it's good activism. It's good practice, uh, especially if you've got plans to move to, uh, to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And, and do you? At the time, I'm not a member. I haven't ruled it out though. I'm just. Um freshman in college right now sure and so i have a couple more years left here yeah absolutely plenty of time to make a decision and also plenty of time to experience the uh, the inevitable burnout that will occur as you continue to be disappointed by uh by the the lack of activism out there and and zach thank you for the call we appreciate it 800-259-9231 and toby you i mean you live here in new hampshire you've been here for uh, for your whole life pretty much you don't have you don't really have any experience with what this is like. You, Toby calls a protest together or goes to a protest here in New Hampshire, and there's ten people there oh, at, the, at minimum. I mean, uh, you uh, several people usually don't show up without notice here, but it's okay because there's ten others to fill their spots right, or, right. or even more. I mean, um, up at the when the New Hampshire House was um, hearing real ID, there were hundreds of people up there, so right. it was it was just great. And that's the difference for me between doing um, you know protest or activism or anything like that. In, in in Sarasota, Florida, versus doing it in Keene, New Hampshire. Um, now, I, I I would say that there was some value in me doing it, but 
as far as effectiveness, I don't think it did anything for me to do any kind of activism nah. in Sarasota, Florida. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, that's not fair. Um, I don't know about you, Mark, but okay. um, my activism absolutely did did things. Uh, my outreach at the Sarasota County Fair and some of the other things that we did, I mean, directly resulted in us finding Neil, who yep, is one true. of our listeners now, one of our amplifiers and a Free State Project member, and, a, and the guy who's organizing the campus group at the University of Florida. So were I not manning the Libertarian Outreach Table at that particular time, there's a chance he might not have come across the message as soon as he did. I can see what you're saying as far as convincing people. There are many people out there. I was convinced that I didn't like taxes, Ian, yeah. but I wasn't going to do anything about it. Um, you know, when you, I did come to the post office one time to hold a sign with mm-hmm. you or, or hang out with you, but you're right. I did it only because it was you. Right. I didn't do it because uh, I believed that holding a sign at the post office was going to do anything for taxes. There was no effect. What I'm saying is effect on something besides sort of people, you know, like I, yeah. um and I see I see that that has some uh, some value. Here in New Hampshire, I see freedom. Maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe I'm a little crazy. I don't think those are the cases, but I believe Maybe both. May, I believe that New Hampshire is going to be at the very very least Freer than it is now, simply because the Free State Project is going to work. Because yeah, it has to. Free Talk Live is working, and you know, versus activism anyplace else, I just didn't see any point in it. You know, one of the main things I like about activism here isn't really so much the message of protesting as much as really getting together with the people who are at the protests and mm-hmm. just being around like people who agree with the message of freedom and liberty. And I just find it fun to go out and hold a side with people, have people ask you questions and stuff. I mean, it's, it's much more rewarding when there, when there are people there with you. It, you feel like you're actually part of something mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of trying to start something. That's what the, that's kind of the feeling that you get when you're uh, when you're a Zach in South Carolina and you've got right. one other person that's on your side or two other people that show up to your protest you feel like you're trying to start something well it's already started here now right. the ball is rolling and and you're you're sort of I, I can see going and doing the protest at the IRS office I've been there and I've done it with you um, I I, I don't want the IRS office in Keene. I don't really mm-hmm. think it's the biggest issue in the world. I don't think it's worth a great deal of time. I don't think of, you've done an IRS protest since we've moved to New Hampshire. That's you're, you're, you're mistaken. Remember, we've been over this before. I've had, had I've a been t-shirt thro- thrown at him. Th- stuff thrown oh, at me. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay, okay. Forgot um, that. You know, so I have been there. I, I don't consider it the most, uh, the, the, the the greatest activism in the world, but, you know. It's, yeah, you get to hang out with Russell, though. <laughs> I would be, <laughs> I'm there great. because, which is, is good. Um, I'm there because other people are there. Right. And. You know, as opposed to when I um I was horribly, horribly embarrassed when I went to the eminent domain um, hearing for the city council and I held up my sign that said eminent domain is equal to stealing. I did that completely on my own without anybody else. I didn't even tell anybody about it, but it was important to me. It was a very important issue, and I felt, you know, I was embarrassed. I don't know why you, you were embarrassed because you were alone. Yeah. Well, the fact is, you did get your picture in the paper, so yes. it was well worth it. It was effective. So even I mean, one person can still make a difference, and the good news is there's a lot more than one person up here in New Hampshire that's doing liberty activism. More coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including archives and entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your download and convenience. You just go and get them. They're free. freetalklive.com. And Mother's Day is this Sunday. If you haven't gotten her, uh, if you haven't gotten her something yet, go to 1-800-Flowers.com and get her something nice. They've got flowers and gifts that she will love. 
and they'll deliver on Mother's Day. So use code FTL, like Free Talk Live, to save 10%. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. So then, uh, Mark, we had a, I mentioned, I think it was in hour number one, that you had a story about the TSA stealing a little boy's money. Well, it's... It's an accusation, right? Um, Sounds it, true to me. It, I know it does to you. A sacro, a sacro I bet if we had TSA George on the line, he'd tell us that some of his coworkers wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't be surprised if some of them would do that. I I don't know. We'd have to have him on the line to, to let us. They know. don't hire the brightest and the best at the TSA, you know. Well, um, it probably doesn't pay the uh, best for the brightest and the best. Yeah. A Sacramento boy uh, returned from a family trip to discover his birthday money was missing from his luggage. When he and his mom str- struggled with airport security, they called Curtis Ming, which is, of course, uh, this you know guy on CBS 13. It's off their website. After a birthday trip to San Diego, 12-year-old Jeffrey Martin flew home from San Diego a couple of, um, with a couple hundred bucks richer. He thought his wallet Sweet. with the $265 in birthday money would be safe inside a bag. 12 he, years old? He checked. 12 years? 12, yeah. Okay. Seems like a lot of money for a, a twelve-year-old. Take for a twelve-year-old. Yeah, it seems like a really good take. But maybe the idea was, um, you know, Grandma gave him the money, uh, buy a bike or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Um, that way he could pick out which bike he wanted yeah, rather sure, than sure. having a book. I had one hundred one. Listen to him. Listen to this. I had one hundred three fifties, one ten, and five ones. He said. Mm. He sounds like you with money. I mean, this kid. <laughs> <laughs> He knew the number of bills he had precisely. Right. This is not a mistake. We got home. He was excited to open up and show me all his birthday money. He bought it. He he brought it in and opened it up, and it was just like it had been ransacked. Said Jeffrey's <gasps> mom, Kim. It was money he planned to use towards his next trip this summer. Jeffrey said everything had been moved around in his bag. The inside zipper was left open. He claims that there was no inspection tag left. Kim called Southwest. She followed their recommendation, called the TSA baggage supervisor in San Diego. Oh, we, um, can and the we buck d- stops there. Yeah, clunk, clunk. Can't we just check the video? Can't we just check the camera? I mean, um, I can describe the suitcase. It had a yellow ribbon on it, she says. We don't have oh, cameras. Sorry. Don't, don't we have cameras back there? Kim could not believe her ears. That video is restricted. There's no video surveillance watching TSA employees in San Diego as they um, search people's luggage? Of course not. How would they steal rings and cash and things like that? You'd think they could put cameras back there so if something does happen, they can check on it, find it, and then return it, says Jeffrey. Now, um, now they they stole this boy's money. Which is reprehensible. Somebody stole this boy's money. Mm-hmm. Likely um, a Some TSA government agent, thug. Um, you know, slated with going through people's bags, yep. doing their job, in the process of doing their job, saw $265, took it. Um, it's, it's sad and terrible. But what if that same TSA agent had been a, a terrorist and placed a bomb inside a bag that was going into a plane? Oh, boy. Now, they're not going to be able to find who did it because they don't have a damn camera. These people are utterly incompetent. I'm sorry. From the top on down, the TSA is a bunch of bumbling fools. They yeah. don't find they, they steal. I mean, clearly, it, it seems to me that a TSA agent stole this boy's money, two hundred sixty-five dollars, and their, by their own tests, they miss seventy-five percent of fake bombs, guns, and knives that go that their testers put 
through their mm-hmm. equipment. What do we want these people for? What are we paying for? Well, I mean, security theater. It is. It's yeah. security theater. And this kid lost $265 as a result. You know, I've got an excellent way to get them to stop searching your bags. And it actually worked for me. Um, I went through the secondary screening because I had my little metal bill of rights that beeped when it went through. Mm-hmm. So right. they put me through the secondary screening. And what I had done when I packed my bags is I put all my underwear right on top. And right. you just have to... Make it a little bit dirty, and when they open it up, you tell them, you know, you're welcome to search that, but just letting you know it's not clean. The guy zipped it right back up, didn't go Did through really? my bag at all. I guess it just depends on who you get. I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it was hilarious to watch. Yeah, that that is funny and, and probably very effective. I'm surprised you got a secondary screening for having the uh, security edition. Oh, yeah, they put me, I beeped, and they're like, what's that? They looked at it, looked disgusted, threw mm-hmm. me right to the secondary screening. Yep. Huh. Did it's, they give you the security it's the edition bill back? Of rights. Did you yes. get that back? Yeah, they gave it back. You notice how those things have really sharp edges? Oh yeah. <laughs> you could really hurt someone. I think. I mean, as far as like nail, if you could hold up a plane with a nail file, I think the security edition could be a potential weapon. I believe with a little bit of practice, it's a it's it's a shuriken. You could like, yeah, lodge it in somebody's eye. So uh, two hundred and seventy-five bucks. Is there more to the story? There there is more to the story, but essentially it's just um, it's just the TSA stonewalling and saying we're, right. we're sorry. She filed a claim. File a report. She got um you know she got this news guy involved and he contacted the TSA to find out what had been done to get Jeffrey's money and learned about security and learned about the security cameras. The TSA representative um, told him that uh, the we airport, take this very seriously. Some airports have cameras and others don't. He admitted to Curtis that 173 employees have been fired for stealing since 2003, but he says that that seems like a lot to me. Well, it's, he says it's a low number um, compared to they only have a, they have a hundred thousand employoys, and I but, think well, they but don't that, have cameras, huh? right? But that's a hundred something that were I mean, you know. But, so they've caught a hundred right? People? Exactly. I mean, a hundred something were were caught. They that means there's catch, a lot more out there. They can't catch seventy five percent of the bombs that their own testers put yeah. through. I mean. They're catching their own employees, stealing people's money. That's not even their job. Their job isn't to test that. Their job is to catch bombs. They're not doing that. Well, you know, fact is, uh, these people are not trustworthy. These are uh, are bureaucrats, and they're virtually unaccountable for their actions. You're just going to have to keep all your money on you. Well, Don't put your money in your baggage. It, that, that is a bad uh, bad thing to do. Um, and it, it, In the statement, he says that uh, the TSA has a no-tolerance policy for theft in the workplace. We investigate all. All allegations of misconduct move swiftly to end the federal careers of offenders and seek the highest levels of prosecution. Against who? You don't have a damn camera, you butthead. Yeah, they didn't even have a suspect. They don't care. They don't care. If they cared, they'd have a stinking camera up there. How much they does it cost to, to get have the a guy camera that records phone. things? They just want to get the guy off the phone and make themselves look like they're doing something. Right. They know this news guy's never going to follow up with them. He's going to do one He's report. He's going to do one report, and it's going to be an outrageous report. He's going to get a lot of people tuning into the 11 o'clock news as a result tonight at 11 o'clock. See Brian so-and-so report on the eight, eight cares uh, on the TSA stealing a young man's money. But there will never be a part two to that story. Um, because the TSA won't ever come up with anything. If if he were to do a follow-up story, they'd go in and talk to the TSA bureaucrat, and the TSA bureaucrat would reiterate the same things that he said before. Well, you know, as we told you before, we, we are investigating this, and uh, the investigation is continuing. We don't really have any good leads right now, but uh, we'll call you if anything ever turns up. I mean, there's there's nowhere to go with this. No, there isn't. There's nothing that can be done. This poor little boy lost his, his uh, $265, his 100 his three fifties, uh, what was it, um, uh, one ten yeah. and uh, five ones. He lost them, he and it's never things. coming back. No, why? Because he trusted the nice police officer-looking people. You know, even if the TSA did 
have a video camera in that baggage area. And let's say they did catch and they did identify who the employee was that stole that money. Think the boy would ever get his money back? I, I you know, it would be a I theft don't situation. Think so, so um, you know, I don't, I don't know what would happen. I don't know. The TSA would huff and puff about how they fired the agent and that everything is okay now. Thanks very much. Have a great day. You wouldn't get your money back. Because then they could say, well, you could claim that there was $700. You could claim there were $7,000 in there. There's no way to prove how much money this guy took. It sounds pretty clear to me. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where we've got the wiki. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, over 1,300 pages created by listeners just like you. It's free at wiki.freetalklive.com. W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. You know, we've uh, covered the story uh, here in the past few months about the Liberty Dollar and how it has been under attack by the federal government. In fact, uh, not only has the Liberty Dollar been under attack, but e-gold is also under attack. These different alternative uh, currencies Mm -hmm. out there, the government all of a sudden has decided that they're a threat. E-gold's been around for a decade. The Liberty Dollar's been around for almost a decade. And now all of a sudden... They're, uh, they're an issue to be dealt with by the federal government. They're becoming popular. That much is true. And that's dangerous to the Federal Reserve. It's dangerous to the government's little system, their little money monopoly that they, uh, that they would like to have. So even though e-gold isn't illegal, even though the Liberty Dollars aren't illegal, the feds are now trying to act like the, the people behind the, these organizations are bad people. In the case of e-gold, uh, in the case of the Liberty Dollar, they're trying to act like the Liberty Dollars actually are illegal when they aren't. Right. They're, they're not even proposing to be uh, American currency. And now there's a, another update here. And by the way, uh, the Liberty Dollar is a real – it's a monetary it's – a, it's, a, it's an alternative currency that is actually silver and silver-backed, and they mm-hmm. actually have gold-backed um, Liberty Dollars as well. But you can you can either get a uh, warehouse certificate, right? Sort of like how you've got a Federal Reserve note in your wallet that mm-hmm. used to be good for silver. It's not anymore. These actually are good for silver. There's actually silver sitting in a warehouse that you can claim should you want to do that. Um, and not only do they have warehouse certificates, but they also have one ounce silver pieces and half ounce silver pieces with ten and twenty dollar denominations on them. Right. So it's a ten dollar piece um, that's backed up by you know it, that is a half uh, a half ounce of silver. Very which shiny, is, very pretty. You know, it's about what seven seven and a half dollars. Uh, no, excuse me, six and a half dollars for you know worth of silver. Mm-hmm. Um, but Think you know so there's uh, another three and a half dollars worth of eh, nothing there. But think about well, there's value because it's a it's a currency and it costs money to mint and right. I mean, distribute you know, retail. But if you think about the um, ten dollar bill, what's backing it up? Nothing. nothing. Not promises. Nothing, you know, so. and nothing. So here's the latest on the uh, the federal government's assault on the Liberty Dollar. And by the way, there's a federal lawsuit that Liberty Dollar has filed in this particular case to defend themselves, uh, to, to go after the feds, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on that, but this isn't connected to it. It just happens to be that one of their Liberty merchants 
was harassed recently by some federal goons. And a Liberty merchant is nothing more. They're not even a. Dis, they're not really even a, a uh, an associate of the Liberty Dollar. They're a, they're a merchant that accepts the Liberty Dollar, and in some cases they give them out as change. Uh, so you could go to a Liberty merchant, and they would have like a sign up on their doors that says, "We accept the Liberty Dollar." Right. And and if they had the change um, in Liberty, I'm sure if you spent. Liberty dollars with them. They had a change in Liberty dollars. They would give it to you. Right. And and the idea is that they should give. They should offer change to everyone in in silver. So as a Liberty merchant, if you're running a retail establishment, it's it's kind of a cool sort of community building idea. That's how it's sold to them at least. Is that hey, your customer comes in, buys something for fifteen dollars, gives you a you know gives you a twenty, offer them. Change in silver. Give them the, the option. Sure. You can give them the FRNs, the Federal Reserve notes, if they want them, but have the silver there so you can give that to them too. So that's what a Liberty Merchant is. It's just a person doing business who accepts Liberty dollars. Well, here's what happened. A uh, Let's see. Mark Lightfoot, a Liberty Merchant, uh, called the Evansville office recently to report that uh, the federal government had paid him a visit. Sure enough, during a half-hour interview, Mark gave uh, me, this is written from uh, Bernard Bernard von Nothaus's uh, perspective. I do love his name. Sure enough, uh, they they visited two G-boys with such non-professional conduct as described below, it's hard to even call them agents. Recently, on April 25th, shortly after opening, two men in cheap suits, starch white shirts, striped ties, and bad shoes walked into Mark's business, Dandelion Beads, which he has operated for 20 years at uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. He's a dangerous terror- d- terrorist. Dandelion beads. <laughs> they, they never identified themselves, but immediately struck up a conversation that quickly bordered on an interrogation of Mark. Their first question was, how long have you owned the business? So, how long have you been in business here? Then Mark was peppered with a barrage of questions, such as, how do you feel about the war? What about taxes? What are your political views? What's your current attitude as to the Bush administration? They even asked him for his social security number. Yeah. The answer to all this is nunya. Get lost. Mark answered their initial questions by quoting the Bible and mentioning the Liberty Dollar. Then the two G-boys wanted to know why he, quote, thought that government money was a problem. Why does his business accept the Liberty Dollar? Well, when Mark told them that the government paper money wasn't wide enough for toilet paper, the G-Boys told him that the Liberty Dollar was originally called the Petition Dollar and was started against the government by some, quote, nutty guy from Hawaii, unquote. So I asked Mark if he had any idea what they were talking about or that the Liberty Dollar was once actually named the Petition. Mark confessed he didn't understand and that he didn't know anybody from Hawaii. So I explained to Mark that I was the person from Hawaii who had designed and developed the Liberty Dollar. And uh, by the way, you're not, you're not a nut if you can design money. Uh, you're a monetary architect. That's the, the title. And uh, anyway... He says, I think uh, it's a great idea. I mean, yeah, it know, really is. It is. It's a great idea. He asked him, um, Bernard, Bernard asked him if he'd ever even been to the Liberty Dollar website. Nope. Mark had never been online, never read our monthly newsletter, the Liberty Dollar News, never received an alert, didn't know anything about the U.S. Mint warning our lawsuit against the U.S. government or, or our lawsuit against uh, the U.S. government. So this guy was just just a guy that was accepting these dollars. He didn't really even know anything about the organization behind them. Big deal. Talk about poor planning. It appears the two G-boys drove a late-model gray sedan with Virginia government plates for 11 hours to talk to one of the least informed but most dedicated people involved with the Liberty Dollar. Mark didn't even know about the new copper Liberty. 
He knew nothing, except that he loved the Liberty Dollar and the ideals that it represents and feels that it's exactly what our country needs. Hold on. Tell me about the Copper Liberty. I don't know anything about it. It's uh, it's sort of an exclusive. I think it's like a one-time offer because Copper's like a really volatile thing mm-hmm. right now. So they've they've just commissioned a special like one-ounce Copper thing in their, their dollar pieces, basically. Mm, neat. So you get a one-ounce Copper for... Um, you have to order ten of them minimum, but I that think sounds pretty cool. I think they're still offering them at uh, at dollar.freetalklive.com. Why don't you get some? I'll buy one from you. Consistently, the two G boys kept correcting Mark when he referred to the Liberty Dollar as currency. They said it's not a currency on many occasions. You can't use it. You can't take it to a bank. It's not real money. Unquote. But Mark wouldn't hear any of this nonsense from these Keystone cops in bad shoes who would never identify themselves. But with their government-licensed car parked out front, there's no doubt that two of our government's finest rousted a Liberty merchant and found that he was steadfast in his convictions. In a parting shot as if from a B-grade movie, the two G-boys asked one last time, Why do you accept the Liberty dollar when you can't take it to the bank? Before Mark could answer, they shot back, Do you feel like you're a good American? Well, yeah. Because... It's great. Uh, why would I? I don't need to take it to a bank. It's real silver. I could just <laughs> keep it in my safe. You know, it's the it's the <laughs> truth. I, I I every day I go on. I look at how much is gold. How much is silver? I'm interested in these things. So having uh, Liberty dollars is the fact that the banks don't take Liberty dollars is the bank's problem, and uh, probably a factor that has something to do with the Federal Reserve and them maybe making it so banks can't take anything else besides Federal Reserve notes. Uh, so, of course, after hearing this report from Mark, there's no doubt that he believes he's a good American. He feels great to have had the opportunity to tell these know-nothing government thugs just what uh, just what he does feel, and that is that he's glad to be an American who's actually doing what he, fe- uh, what he feels is right, using the Liberty Dollar. He points out that the G-Boys never actually made a note during their entire interview, which means that they were likely wearing a bug. So look out. The uh, these guys could show up at your place. I mean, if they're picking on one Liberty merchant, if you are another Liberty merchant or maybe even a Liberty associate, they might come after you. So great that tax dollars are going to pay for these guys to drive all over the place and just yeah, this is what people. they're investigating. I mean, this is what they're spending the time on. The, some guy running a bead store. Ludicrous. And uh, this is like right up there with that. This is right up there with the story we had last year of the uh, the feds going and investigating a woman for selling uh, imitation Rubik's cubes. <laughs> I mean. This is what they're spending your money on. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Still to come, I've got a couple emails to burn through here and uh, your calls as well if you make them. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet eight. Oops. Nope, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Shame on me. <laughs> Take a drink. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. <laughs> and Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. We do ask, though, that you voluntarily support the show by heading over to our store and buying some Free Talk Live merchandise at store.freetalklive.com. We are in the pre-order phase of launching brand new products, including the 2-gigabyte Free Talk Live multi-gadget. It's an MP3 player, it's a flash drive, it's an FM tuner, it's a voice recorder, all in one for less than 60 bucks. I, I think, you know what, I might just get one of these for myself. Even though I already have an MP3 player, it's just so darn cool and so useful. Um, also, we've got the Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt we've got the free marketeer t-shirt we've got two different hoodies one a zippered style the other pullover style we've got the brand new free talk live beanie cap now offering two different styles of that 
as well as the Free Talk Live lighter, bottle opener combination, all for sale right now, plus all of our older items, store.freetalklive.com. So we finally got an email from somebody that disagrees with us. It's it's rare. Uh, in fact, he's a little angry, I would say. Well, so, if, you, if you've been you know motivated to, to write an email, the chances are yeah. good you'll be a little angry. So here's what uh, Howard has to say. And this is in regards to a story we covered on Saturday night. Just to recap, there was a, a young college-age uh, man who went out to do a protest in uh, Boston out in front of a military recruiting office. Mm-hmm. He, he donned himself a black tunic. He put a, a bag over his head of some sort or a, a mask, basically. He, he outfitted himself like the picture that has become fairly famous from Abu Ghraib prison with a man standing with the, the electric wires attached to him. Okay. And uh, if he didn't do what the, his captors told him, they were going to shock him. That was the picture that was taken, and that's what he was imitating out in front of the military recruiting center. So this guy had this sort of black garb on, and he was holding two stereo wires from his hands. So the wires were just sort of dangling down to the ground, and uh, he was standing on a milk crate at the time. So just to kind of let you know what happened, they called in the bomb squad. He was arrested and charged with uh, multiple felonies. So Howard says, arrested? Not enough. Really? He should have been shot, probably between the eyes. And after listening to the male protester, it is clear he enjoys creating a disturbance to the point of causing fear of a bomb. Naturally, if a real terrorist stood up with wires connected to his fingers and to an actual bomb in a milk carton, and it blew up, this wimp activist would bitch to the police that they didn't protect him. I'm flat tired of wimp activists doing what they want without regard to anyone else. It is not a First Amendment right for a wet-behind-the-ears activist creating the impression of dagger, which he did. I think he means danger. Creating an impression of danger. I don't think that anybody could imagine that this guy had a bomb. I mean, they were just dangling wires. Yeah. They, they were to, a representation of what was going on. But apparently because somebody somebody thought that there could have been a bomb there, that that's fear of a bomb and that he caused it. Okay. So if, I, if I'm if i afraid that there's a bomb in your trunk, I just because? Is well, there has to be a wire a, hanging out. If well, there's what if, a wire hanging out. What, what if there happens? To, I mean, you know, it's a trunk. There, it, there, are, there are wires um, in trunks. Right. What if a wire is hanging out of somebody's trunk? Could be a bomb. Could be. Need to search that. Trunk. They're creating dagger. Probable cause. <laughs> creating dagger. How about two? Here he continues. How about two airports setting a Muslim foot wash stand at taxpayers' expense? How about that, Mark? Well, I, I think that it's pretty clear what we think about that. We don't believe anything should be at the taxpayers' expense. Um, certainly not a Muslim foot washing station. Separation of state and religion? I don't believe the airport should be there at taxpayers' expense. Yeah. Now, if somebody wants to open an airport and provide services to airlines that want to fly in and out of there, and one of the things they want to do to attract customers besides putting in sinks is putting in foot washing uh, basins, Mm -hmm. fine and dandy. In the same way that I wouldn't tell Campbell's Soup that they couldn't sell, um, you know, Spanish printed soup. Says separation of state and religion? So far, no wimp activist response. Maybe if the Church of Porno requested a religious hand wash meeting room at taxpayers' expense, then the mind numbed activist would protest. Huh? It really, it's, it's even hard to understand what he's talking about. Maybe if the Church of Porno requested a religious hand wash meeting room at taxpayers' expense, then the numb minded activist would protest. I found Free Talk Live by accident. And now understand why folks in the Northeast, New England, 
are considered nuts. Must be inbreeding. It's spelled I-N space <laughs> breeding. Be it physical or mental. Lastly, protest all you want. Just do it responsibility. Do you think, is this email real? He was probably very <laughs> upset. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't pay attention to your grammar and you're, you're, you're spelling the most when you're upset. And, you know, so... I told At the this, same time, the misspelling inbreeding is awesome. <laughs> inbreeding. I told this story to some people at work, and they didn't believe me that the story was true. They, they, I'm having to print it out and about bring the it protester to them about the protester being arrested and charged with this because they can't believe that that would be true. Literally. Sure. <laughs> Welcome to America. I know it, right? So uh, thanks for the email, Howard. We uh, we appreciate that. And yes, we will protest all we want. And there's certainly nothing irresponsible about the way that uh, that we protest. Right, I disagree that that was irresponsible. And there's nothing irresponsible about the way this young man protested. Russell did a similar protest outside of the IRS. He, he sure did. He had the hood on, and he was in an orange jumpsuit. And but he had the benefit of doing it in New Hampshire, where at least the police are a little bit more friendly right. um, than the than the Boston Police Department. They're not looking for a bomb in every single possible <laughs> orifice. And they are uh, funny about bombs in Boston. And so there was nothing irresponsible about what he did. In fact, I would say his protest was very responsible. He didn't even have flyers to hand out to people. He just stood on the side of a building, and it was clear that he was a protester. He had other people there with him that were uh, that were videotaping or uh, or taking pictures. And uh, you know, even if he hadn't had people there, if it was just him, it would still be a responsible protest. He's he's being quiet. I mean, it's not like he had a megaphone and was shouting at the building. And not that there'd be a problem with that anyway, because it's government property. Right. You should be able to shout if at you them have with a, a megaphone. Bomb, megaphone. Um, if, if you have a bomb and that's what you're trying to threaten people with, it would seem like you would show the bomb instead of just having some wires <laughs> draping from your fingers. This is an irresponsible way to threaten somebody with a bomb is what I'm telling you. And not only most people who are suicidal and going to go kill people with a bomb are trying to cover it up, not make it look as obvious as right, possible. Yeah. I, you know, I would say to Howard that the most irresponsible protest out there is the one that most people do. Nothing. Good point. Jet emails in on the same issue. He says, guys, here's the deal. Whenever you get arrested, the police will always pile as many bogus charges on you as they can think of, mm -hmm. typically at least three or four. The concept is that they can generally get people to plea bargain to something and thereby, at minimum, collect a fine and thereby win their case, justifying their actions. Right. Now, the standard charges that they'll just throw at you are, number one, disturbing the police. I mean, peace, he says. They pull this one out anytime they show up. Number two, disorderly conduct. Number three, disobedience to a police officer or Nazi. Number four, resisting arrest, that is, complaining. And number five... <laughs> complaining, I like that. We were charging you with complaining. And number five, assault, verbal or other threats or touching count as this. At least two of these will always be in included alongside any actually relevant charge. I.e., you never only get one charged against you. They just want something to stick so they can justify their misbehavior. And they know that when they throw a bunch of charges at you, especially if they're felonies like they were in the case of this young man in Boston, people get scared, man. They uh, they know that people get scared by all these charges. They get scared by the fact that, you know, the, the prosecutor will say, well, you know, you're facing, uh, you're facing five years in prison on uh, each one of these counts here, son. Mm -hmm. You know, you might want to really seriously consider this uh, this here nice little plea bargain we put together. You just sign this piece of paper, plea out, we'll drop two of the three charges, you'll go to jail for 30 days and have two years of probation. House arrest. Yeah, even if you uh, do take it to court and win, you're going to be out thousands of dollars in legal fees and in your time. You're not going to get that back. 
That much is true. You're absolutely right. But the fact is they know that most people won't take it to court. Right. They know that they're scared by the threats, and they'll take the plea bargain because they don't believe that they can beat City Hall. Um, they don't even really know what their chances would be if they went to court. And the fact is their chances are actually pretty good because usually the cops don't have a case. Usually the cops' case is, uh, is, is full of holes. It's just shoddily investigated. They didn't cross all their T's and dot all their I's. They didn't fill out all the correct paperwork correctly. Sometimes t- cases can get thrown out simply because a cop didn't sign the right place on a, on a form. Yeah, but if you don't have the money to pay for a lawyer to find all that for you, you're, you're up the creek without well, a, a paddle. A friend of mine who's a, uh, a free stater, he was uh, facing a charge in, um, that, you know, that he just had to deal with today, mm-hmm. and they threw the case out because the judge didn't show up for court. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know what's going to happen when you actually take it to trial, and you can still do things on your own. Uh, plus, you can go and uh, go to adventuresinlegalland.com and learn some alternative court techniques that you know might might actually be pretty useful. <laughs> At the very least, it will confuse the crap out of the people there. Yeah, it will it will upset the judge. That's for sure. <laughs> anyway, we recommend I recommend that book a lot. Uh, I, like, I recommend the book. I don't recommend that you go into court and use the uh, the tactics. If you got nothing to lose, no. you do might it, as do well. Do it for a speeding ticket, at least. There you go. It's been Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime. You can join us at freetalklive.com. Have a great night. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.